Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Um, Holidays are finally over. Uh, The kids are back at school. Some normalcy is beginning to return and Hopefully many of you were able to get away for your holidays, maybe go overseas or, or at least go somewhere, maybe coastal, somewhere relaxing. Uh, my parents at the moment aren't here. They're gallivanting across the world. I think they're in London at the moment. Must be really nice, hey? Really nice. <coughs> Sorry, it's good for them. Uh, but hey, you know, I, I, uh, I've been privileged enough to be overseas multiple times, actually, you know. Dad has been lucky enough in his line of work to be invited overseas. And so we go with him on, on school trips and uh, on holidays and, and on work trips. All this sort of stuff is the opportunities that I've gotten to be overseas. But if you ask me, if there's anywhere in the world, Ben, that you would rather be, if there's anywhere right now that you could be, it'd be at Caloundra. It'd be at the beach, King's Beach. Can I get an amen in the house? Thank you, brother. I see that hand. We grew up holidaying at Kings Beach. Every single year in December, we'd be there. And it was just the most wonderful time. And it still is. We go there in December. I think there's a picture. Yeah, there's a picture over there. That's a happy valley there. Uh, at the moment, there's all the sorts of stuff happening with the, with the tides and bribery there. And so a lot of the sand is extended. And I'll tell you what, it's just, it's just beautiful. We, we like to say just near Happy Valley now at the moment, just to walk away from the main strip there where all the shops are, but just to walk away from the park and you go down the boardwalk to the beach. I mean, it's, it's, it's living the dream, Barry. It's living the dream. We grew up holidaying on Kings Beach and our yearly holidays have become wonderful memories for us as a family, become times of rest and they've become these wonderful moments of joy. And as the year drags on, as my energy begins to fade, it's always nice looking towards our holiday at Kings Beach, knowing that we're gonna get this time to recharge, to reset, spend time just doing absolutely nothing, enjoying the sun and the salty breeze and hopefully good weather. And I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I'm sure many of you, when the going gets tough, when work begins to get tiresome, you're just looking for that holiday. You're thinking there's that one place that you want to escape to, that one place that comes to your mind. Maybe there's an overseas destination. Maybe like me, it's a holiday destination. Maybe it's a loved one in the company of someone who you haven't seen in a long time, who you love to catch up with. Maybe for many of you, it's your bed. And I'm sure some of you right now are just thinking, man, I, oh, I just can't wait to get home and get some rest. That Sunday lunchtime nap after having some chip sangers just hits different. At least it does for me. But hey, when the going gets tough, we have a yearning in our heart to escape, to follow the desires of our heart and be in what we recognise as a safe place. Do you reckon we have that same yearning for the Holy Spirit? When the going gets tough, Is the Holy Spirit our first point of call? Do we recognise time with the Holy Spirit as as a safe place, as a place that we love to be to, to reset, to re-energise, to reinvigorate us? Or do we have other quick fixes? Do we have other solutions that do the trick? This morning, we're gonna be wrapping up our Aussie Psalm series. We've been looking at different Psalms written thousands of years ago and and seeing how they can be understood and applied in a 21st century Aussie context. And today we're gonna be looking at Psalm 84. The Psalmist at the beginning says, their soul yearns for the courts of the Lord. They long to be in His presence. They yearn to be with Him. 
Some of us, I think, struggle to find that desire. Amidst the busyness of life, we struggle to find the desire to really be with the Holy Spirit. And some of us have that desire. We say, God, I wanna be with you. I wanna spend time with you. I wanna feel you near me. But actually, when we, when we wanna make this a reality, we struggle to find the practice of it. It's easy to say we yearn for the Holy Spirit, but sometimes to actually spend time with the Holy Spirit, to feel the Holy Spirit with us, to feel it reinvigorated by His Holy Spirit can be a heck of a lot harder. And so this morning, we're gonna unpack Psalm 84. We're gonna see what the Psalmist has written and see what the yearning soul looks like in you and in me. We're gonna read together. And so if you want to, feel free to open up your Bibles. We'll be beginning from the very beginning, reading from the NIV. And the first few verses of Psalm 84 read as such. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. We get this image that the psalmist just longs and loves to be in the presence of God. They're obviously someone who has tasted and seen Right? They've tasted the presence of the God. They've felt the presence of God and they've felt how wonderful it is. And they know, they can identify that there's something that draws others to them. That even the sparrow, even the swallow, these low, these, these, these small creatures even long to be in the presence of God. But it's very important to know that this Psalm obviously being written in the Old Testament has an Old Testament view on the Holy Spirit. You see, people in the Old Testament didn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling within them. They encountered the Holy Spirit in the tabernacle. The tabernacle or the temple served as the mediator between God and man. And when they went to the tabernacle, this was the place where they could experience and encounter the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus fulfilled the law, fulfilled this, and He became the mediator. He became God in the flesh. So we didn't have to go to a place anymore, but actually... God and a Holy Spirit, we could identify in man. Jesus became the mediator. So when we look to the presence of God, we could see it in Him. And Jesus said, my spirit, I leave with you. And so that was His fulfilment of saying that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And so we have His Holy Spirit indwelling within us. And so it's important to look at this Psalm knowing this, that We don't find the Holy Spirit in a place anymore, but rather we are the dwelling places of the Spirit. And yeah, I don't think many of us have actually grasped the significance of this and also the implications of this truth. Famous worship pastor Jeremy Riddle in his book, The Reset, he describes it like this. Many of us have been tragically trained to see the Holy Spirit as an optional extra Christian experience reserved only for the charismatic or the super spiritual. Many more have been unknowingly limit, have unknowingly limited him to a one-time encounter that happened during an altar call, a ministry time or a youth camp. But he is infinitely more than that. He is the abiding relationship every believer was meant to walk in every day of their lives. I think this really sums up the way that we need to look at the Holy Spirit. That He's not just reserved for the Pentecostals or the super spiritual. It's not just for one-off events that we feel really great and hope and long for that one time high. But actually the Holy Spirit is an abiding relationship. It's a person. 
God is three in one and the Holy Spirit as a person dwells within us longing for an abiding relationship. When we understand the Holy Spirit as a person and not some ethereal force hovering over the world, we understand where He dwells is so much more significant. God who yearns and longs for a relationship with you is longing to connect with you and He is present. He is inside you. If the psalmist feels joy in finding the presence of God in the tabernacle, how much more should you and I feel? How much more joy should we feel in knowing the presence of God is inside of us? But here's the thing, we say the Holy Spirit is inside of us. But what does that actually mean? And how then can we spend time with the Holy Spirit if He's inside of us? Let's unpack this a little bit more. You see, the the psalmist of uh, Psalm 91, which many scholars attribute to David, he coined this term, the secret place. The New King James Version, it reads like this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And in a modern context, this phrase, the secret place, we've kind of taken and, and referred to this private place between you and God. In the original Hebrew, this word, the secret place, refers to a privacy. There's a hiddenness to it. There's a secrecy where it's just you and Him. If you want a relationship with the Holy Spirit and you want this relationship to grow, you need a secret place. Because the Holy Spirit is wanting to connect with you. But how difficult can it be in the busyness of our life to actually make time for the Holy Spirit, to connect, to talk, to speak, to to seek A set apart time and place where all distractions are removed, where your thoughts are clear and your mind is focused. That's what a secret place looks like with the Holy Spirit. And so what happens in this secret place? What does it look like? Even if it's just 15, 30 minutes, an hour, just a time where you are simply saying, I devote this to you, God. Nothing else. I just simply wanna receive from you to fix my eyes on you. There's three things that can happen in this place amongst many, but three main things. And the first of which is that He restores us. The Holy Spirit, when we come to Him earnestly, restores us. We see the psalmist write about this and what the presence of God does is a restorer and a rejuvenator. Psalm 91, as we read before, it says, those who find shelter in the secret place in the shadow of my wings. Now, it says they will find rest. And as we know in Psalm 23, a very well-known Psalm, says He leads us to still waters. And just like Renee read, as we were leading before from Romans 8, He wants to bring life to you. He wants to bring dry bones to come alive again. He wants your mortal bodies that feel tiresome and low. He wants to bring life. In the secret place, when we fix our eyes on Him, His Holy Spirit restores us. He also convicts us. When we truly surrender our will, when we truly come to Him saying, God, I'm, I'm focusing on You, I'm giving my life to You in this moment, the Holy Spirit convicts us. We reminded this in John 16, that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. He actually reveals to us the things that we've done wrong. He convicts us of our sin, but John 16 tells us He also convicts us of our righteousness. He's also revealing and reminding us, hey, 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 you are loved. You're a child of God. You are chosen by me. He reveals these things to us when we spend time with Him. And lastly, He speaks to us. The Holy Spirit, when we spend time with Him, focusing on Him, speaks to us. 
And He can do this through two ways. He speaks to us through His Word, through the living Word of which He has given to us, through the Bible. He speaks to us. He reveals the truths of who He is and what He wants us to know through His Word. But He also speaks to us through His voice, a voice that can be so hard to hear when we're accelerating through life and we're not taking a moment to pause. But when we take a moment to pause and listen, He speaks to us through His voice. And we often mistakenly think that the secret place is found. That if we have the right combination of the right time, the right place and the right heart, then bam, the Holy Spirit will rock up. And so obviously if the Holy Spirit isn't speaking to us, then we must be doing something wrong. That's not necessarily the truth. You see, the reality is that your secret place with God, your private place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, it's not found, it's built. Just like any relationship with any person, sometimes your initial conversations might feel awkward. Sometimes you might not feel like you know them very well, but if you persevere in the secret place, if you build intimacy in the secret place like a discipline, this secret place will grow. Your intimacy will grow. I can guarantee that the more time you spend building the secret place, working on listening to the Holy Spirit, the more you'll hear Him speak. So build it well, build it strong, build it sacred. In the busyness of life, amidst responsibilities, deadlines, work, family and expectations, all of it, be intentional with putting aside time for the Holy Spirit. Build a secret place so you may experience the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. As we continue, we see more about the Holy Spirit and what this psalmist is wanting us to learn. Verses five to seven state, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Bacar, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. I think all of us are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. All of us are on a journey and we're headed towards Zion, towards home. We're headed towards God in heaven. And this life, this pilgrimage isn't easy. It's a journey that's difficult and tiring. But see, the beautiful thing is that in Old Testament theology says the Holy Spirit can be encountered in a place and we go on with our life and count with that space with God watching over us. But actually New Testament theology says the Holy Spirit is with you as you go. He's with you and He follows you. No matter where you are on the journey, He is with you. But how often do we find ourselves flat, lacking energy, feeling spiritually dry and empty? And I wanna make a, a, a distinguishment here. There's a difference between being physically flat and spiritually flat. There's a difference between being spiritually full and physically full. And often these two correlate, but so often we can be physically fine. We can have plenty of rest, but maybe we're thinking, I just, I find it so hard to pray right now. I, I just, I find it hard to have faith. I find it hard to tell others about Jesus. I find it hard to read my Bible. We feel so spiritually empty. We wanna be spiritually full again. I think too often, we treat the Holy Spirit like a phone charger. And I'll tell you what, if there's anyone who knows anything about phones and charging, it's me. I worked at Optus for three years, three stinking years working in, oh, even now it's just, whew. 
Um, I, I know there are bad jobs out there, but working in retail optics, selling phones and contracts for a living, doing tech support during the time of COVID, installing the Queensland MyGov check-in app on, on people's phones that look like they're more relics, on Nokia phones that hardly even have a semblance of what a, a modern smartphone looks like. Ooh, tough, tough innings. But I reckon the number one complaint of many people coming in was with their battery. My charger cable is broken. I need a new one. My charger port won't work. Can you fix it? For some reason, it says my battery health is low. What does that mean? And I know that there are some of you in there who say, oh, but I have a Samsung. I I don't have to worry about battery health. I don't wanna hear it. Don't be that person, all right? A phone's a phone, whether you have Apple, Samsung, Nokia, whatever. Maybe a, a Blackberry, that's a brand, right? That's before my time, tell you what. <laughs> so sorry, so sorry, but come on guys, get with the program. You can't install the Queensland check-in. Anyway, I, I digress, I digress, I apologise. But the reason why so many people care so deeply about the battery health of their phone is because it's a significant inconvenience. You're on KO watching sport. There's one over left in the game of the T20. They have 10 runs to win. Will they be able to get it? You're watching and all of a sudden your phone's at 5%. And you don't know if you're gonna be able to make it through. And if, you, if your phone dies, you're never gonna see what happens on that final ball. Maybe, maybe you're navigating. You're trying to get somewhere that you've never been. You've got Google Maps open and you're in the car and everything's fine and dandy. But all of a sudden, oh, the phone's going flat. And you know that if your phone goes flat, you're not gonna know where to go. You're gonna be done for. And I don't think, does anyone still have a yellow pages in their car? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. See, I know what yellow pages are. I'm, I'm not that young. <laughs> or maybe you're on a call with your boss. Maybe your boss has got some really important things. Now, Ben, listen closely, all right? You need to get this done. And all of a sudden he thinks you've hung up on him and you don't have a charger nearby. Have fun explaining that on Tuesday. A poor battery is a significant inconvenience. And I think so often we treat intimacy and time in the secret place like it's our recharge time. And we're charging our phone and, and then we go out into the world and we're hoping that that charge is enough to get us through. But the reality is if we, if we treat it like this approach, we're just gonna be caught in this cycle of now my, I'm out, I'm flat, I'm empty, I need to come back. I need to go back to the secret place. God, I fix my eyes, restore me, rejuvenate me. Thank you, God, I'm with you. And I'm coming out of the secret place, I'm going to work, I'm going, I'm going to do life and I'm feeling lower and lower and lower and now I'm empty again. But the reality is the Holy Spirit's not confined to a place In fact, the the purpose of the secret place is to restore us. But one of the most important parts of the secret place is for us to understand His will. It's for us to think, God, show me or reveal to me what you want from me. And knowing that He goes with us as we leave the secret place into the public place. The Holy Spirit is with us at work, our family, wherever we go. And we know that if we are in His will, He will empower us. We don't have to worry about losing charge because we know that He has said His Holy Spirit will sustain us. So then why do we become spiritually flat? Well, the Holy Spirit will sustain us for what He has called us for, but the Holy Spirit will not provide for what His will is against. He will not. It's not in His nature. Now He's given us the gift of free will to say, hey, look, if you wanna go outside of my will, that's okay. I'll allow that. And I'll go with you, but just know I will not empower you by the power of my Holy Spirit to do that. 
But when you come back to me, when you wanna live in my will and go as I've commanded to, that's when I'll empower you with my Holy Spirit. That's when I'll give you the peace that you're looking for. That's when I'll give you the sustenance that you've been living, the provision that you've been looking for. We need the secret place to understand His will, to restore us, to rejuvenate us, but we need to be sent on the journey and sustained by His Holy Spirit. Life isn't meant to be a vicious cycle of spiritually full to spiritually empty, spiritually full to spiritually empty, but rather His Holy Spirit will sustain you. And that's exactly what the Psalmist is saying here. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Like it says, as they pass through the Valley of Bacar, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. The Valley of Bacar, this valley, according to scholars, they're not quite confident, but they deduce that it's a dry valley. It's a desert valley. And yet, as those who have been strengthened by God go out. Just got a little bit of a message from someone about yellow pages. I'll come back to that, apologies. As they go out on this journey, they are strengthened. So much to the point that the supernatural happens, that a dry desert valley become a place of spring pools of life again. Isn't that what we want? To go into the difficult places. We're saying, God, I cannot do this on my own will, but if it's your will, I will go. And we can go with the confidence knowing, yes, if you've called me, God, you will sustain me. We can live in that confidence but we need to know that He is with us as we go. We don't have to live in that vicious cycle, but we can be empowered by His Holy Spirit as we go into the public place of our lives, if we are in His will. It's in the secret place that we understand His will and it's in the public place where we follow it by the power of His Holy Spirit. Jeremy Riddle, continuing on where we left off before in his book, says this, we were never meant to do life, ministry or leadership without Him. So many people have encountered the Holy Spirit, but too few have learned to walk with Him. Let's not be those, church, who have simply had a one-off encounter and relying on that to get us through. Let's be those who every day of our lives are saying, God, how can I follow Your will? And Lord, please empower me so I can do that well. So we'll have those who learn to encounter His Spirit in the secret place that we build and those who walk with Him in the life that He leads. As we finish up this psalm, these last verses say this. It says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Yes, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And I wanna hone in on that phrase. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I think sometimes this verse can get a little bit misunderstood occasionally. The, the message translation, I love Eugene Peterson, don't get me wrong, but the message translation refers to someone who scrubs the floors. Sometimes we maybe think of the, the doorkeeper as this lowly responsibility. They say, I'd rather do the lowest job in the house of God than be in the tents of the wicked. But actually, the, the authors of this psalm who's attributed to the Korahites, their responsibility were the doorkeepers to the tabernacle. You see, what they're actually saying is it's a privilege to be a doorkeeper. And what is a doorkeeper? Well, in the Hebrew, this, this word attributes to they who stand or guard at the threshold or the gate. 
Same at the point of which the Holy Spirit does and doesn't reside, the doorkeeper is the one who welcomes people in. Church, we, it is a privilege for us to be doorkeepers. We have welcome team who are there inviting people in saying, hey, look, I wanna bring you in with me because I've experienced the Holy Spirit. I've experienced the love and the power of the Holy Spirit and I want you to experience that too. We can't just be empowered to do the Lord's will in ourselves if we're not bringing others to do what the Lord is wanting from them. We wanna be doorkeepers for the Holy Spirit. We wanna stand at the door and invite others in, not just to a physical place, but we want to invite them into the will that the Holy Spirit has for their life, knowing that like this Psalm says, no good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. He wants to bless us. He wants to empower us by the will. And so what does it look like then for you and I to be doorkeepers? How can we welcome others to the Holy Spirit? Well, there's two ways that we can do that. And the first of which is that we can just simply live and love by example. Through the example we set, I don't think there's any better way that we can have a testimony of the Lord's goodness. A historical figure who's probably renowned for carrying the presence of God as he went is a monk by the name of Brother Lawrence. And he, there's a book called Practicing the Presence of God that's full of letters that he would write and others wrote about him. And it says this, writing about Brother Lawrence. It says, as Brother Lawrence had found such an advantage in walking in the presence of God, it was natural for him to recommend it earnestly to others. But his example was a stronger inducement than any arguments he could propose. You give all the arguments in the world and it's important for us to be prepared to have a defence for our faith, to be able to rationally explain why we believe what we believe. But it's actually in the way that you live, in carrying the Holy Spirit and walking in the will of the Holy Spirit, that actually sets you apart and others can see it. It's about loving others through the power of the Holy Spirit. In a world that is so selfish and self-centred, loving in a way that is self-giving, sacrificial and selfless. It's different and it's noticeable and people need it. The world needs that sacrificial, selfless love. That's one of the ways you can be a doorkeeper is to simply love on them. So hopefully they'll be asking questions and they'll be taking your invitation. And another way that we can be doorkeepers is to serve. Use your gifts to serve. Everyone here at Gateway Redlands who serves on a Sunday morning and beyond is a doorkeeper. And not just the welcome team, but the welcome team, the worship team, the prayer team, the counselling team. All these people are concerned with helping people encounter Jesus. You wanna be a doorkeeper? Serve. Use the gifts that God has given you to help others experience what you have. Whether it's your musical gifts, Maybe you're great at, at, at your hospitality, hospitality, there it is. Maybe you've got wonderful gifts of, of prayer and, and intercession for others. If you have gifts, use them in the church because I'm sure that there are gonna be people coming through those doors who haven't experienced the Holy Spirit, haven't been welcomed in. What a privilege it is for you and I to be doorkeepers, to invite others and welcome them in to the Holy Spirit. Let's be those who learn to encounter His Spirit in the secret place that we build, who walk with Him in the life that He leads and invite others into the joy that we have found in the Holy Spirit. We are the dwelling places of His Spirit. We are strengthened 
on our pilgrimage. We are privileged to be doorkeepers. Hey, maybe, maybe you're the others that I was talking about. Maybe you've maybe had, a, had a, an encounter from your youth, a one-off experience of the Holy Spirit and you haven't really felt much since. You know, maybe you've never known what the Holy Spirit feels like or maybe you just don't really believe it. Maybe you think you've disqualified yourself from knowing or feeling the Holy Spirit because of what you've done or maybe even what you do. Maybe if in that category that you just, you just don't get it, you've never felt it, you've never known it, and that's okay. But I'd love to read you a passage. This is Dane Ortland in his book, Gentle and Lowly, says this, the Spirit's role in summary is to turn our postcard, postcard apprehensions of Christ's great heart and longing affection for us into an experience of sitting on the beach in a lawn chair, drink in hand, enjoying the actual experience. You see the Word in the Bible, it tells us about Jesus. It makes the love of Jesus known, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit makes His love felt. The Holy Spirit inside of us is actually what allows us to experience the love of Jesus. And what an experience that is, because we know the love of Jesus is a love that would give everything for you and I, that would die on a cross and spend three days dead and resurrect again. Why? Just to show off? No, it was that you and I could live in eternity with Him. The love that would conquer death so you and I, our lives would not end at death, but would continue eternally with our Father in heaven. That's the love that we don't just read about and know about, but we can feel it. We can know it. Feel a love greater than any love the world could offer. Feel a love greater than any love your spouse could ever offer. Feel a love that is indescribable. Feel a love that when people ask, why do you believe what you believe? Sometimes we just simply have to respond with, I just don't know, but I just feel it. And I cannot deny it, cannot deny this love that I've experienced and felt for myself. That's the love of Jesus for you. And that's the love that I just don't wanna tell you about. I want you to feel it. I want you to experience that love. You know, that's why we see people bawling their eyes. That's why we see people having at the moment of conversion, these incredible experiences because they're not just having a mental understanding, they're having a physical experience of the love of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And this same love is the love that you can experience today. If that's you, if you're in that spot where you've never felt the Holy Spirit, you don't know, you've never had a secret place, you think it's just for the Pentecostals or it's just for those Christians, but you want to experience that love, that love that would give everything for you, that love that is all you'll ever need, I wanna give you the chance to accept that love. You know, God is giving you a chance this morning. Revelation says He stands at the door and He knocks. This morning, maybe God's knocking on your heart. Maybe you feel it. He's knocking on your heart. He's wanting to enter in so that you can feel the love that I think maybe you've just always been wanting, always been looking for, always been searching, but never been able to find. Church, let me pray for you. Why don't together we... We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.